Joe, how do you say it in Japanese? And how do you say it in English? Thanks, man. Welcome back to Writers Read Their Early Shit. Conversations with authors and artists about the lopsided pleasures of their pre-developed, over-early, unripe work. I'm your host, Jason M.D., recording in Kifu, Rock City, Japan. And joining me today from the city of blinding lights is teacher, traveler, filmmaker, pop star, beat wizard, phantom of the hobo jungle amusement park, and keeper of the secret knowledge that hot air goes up, cold air stays down. His mother calls him Dave, but you can call him DJ Max in Tokyo. Hey man, what's the buzz? Hey man, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Um, huge fan of the podcast. I know you just uh, started, but I'm really, really excited about it. And thanks for having me on. This well, is great. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. And thanks for providing the music, man. Yes, definitely. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to get my music out there. It's, you know, um, it's nice to have an excuse to actually sit down and write some stuff. So, yeah, thank you. Okay. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I do. I got a couple of square questions for you before we get into your early work. Okay. I hope the answers, well, I think it'll be interesting. Okay, so you're growing up in Spokane, Washington. Did you play an instrument when you were growing up? I did. I played uh, clarinet. I started when I was in fifth grade and played all the way to university. So I haven't, haven't played in the past like 15 years, but yeah, I played for a long time. Why did you pick the clarinet? Uh, my friend, I knew I wanted to be in band. I was going to do trumpet because that's what all the cool kids did. And then my mm. friend, I wasn't cool. My friend wasn't cool, but you're going to do what your friend does. So he said, let's just do clarinet and, and I said, okay. And there was only, you know, there were 18 trumpets and two clarinetists. So I thought, yeah, this is kind of cool too, because I'm not going to get lost in the crowd. So, right. Yeah. And there was always like that all through high school and, and middle school. It was, you know, saxophone, you know, 10 people, trumpet, 18 people, and then clarinet two or three. So you know, it so was I, exactly the same growing up in Canada what 10 years before you i don't know maybe not quite 10 years before mm. you i started on clarinet in elementary oh, really? school yeah. but then switched to bass clarinet in grade eight or nine i can't remember which and that was the best because you had only part like it was, it was a totally you, different right? part was, yeah yeah there's no one else yeah i actually switched to bass clarinet too yeah i remember yeah and it was great um yeah because nobody else was playing that and yeah it's totally different a totally different part than any other and than any other instrument. Yeah, yeah. that was sort of cool. But the only problem with the bass clarinet is that it is a deeply unsexy instrument, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. It has to rest on the floor, right? Yeah, yeah. between your legs and you're sort of hunched yeah, over going, mm. exactly. Yeah. All the, that's why everybody wants saxophone or even the trombones even are sexier, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, even, yeah. And almost that French horn. There was a couple French horn. Yeah. Even a French horn is sexier than Even a French bass horn. clarinet. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the only, okay. Now, so you, you're playing the clarinet uh, up to university. Do you play an instrument now? 
No, I, I wouldn't say I play an instrument. I've, I'm trying to learn piano. I've been trying for a couple months. Um, so, you know, I know some chords and I can play some, play some lines, but I can't, and I can read music so I can sit down and it would take me a while, but I don't have any actual skill at the piano now. So I don't play any other instrument. Okay. Well, what instrument would you like to magically be able to play? If you could wake up tomorrow and be an expert on bass clarinet, maybe? Which, you... <laughs> <laughs> Of course. A sexy bass clarinet. Yeah. Definitely. The first in um, history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, besides piano. Oh, I mean, be definitely bass guitar. I would say bass guitar over guitar. Definitely. I think bass guitar is way cooler. And maybe it's that, that the same thing that everyone played guitar and college mm. but nobody really you know you go everyone had a band and they were always the guitarist i never met any bassists <laughs> in in, right. you know, in high school or in college either like everyone wanted i mean you know guitar is cooler but i don't know once you're actually in a band i just think uh bass bass guitar would be the way to go mm. yeah all right when did you first start making your own music um it was when i moved to tokyo I think is when I first started. So I moved to Tokyo in 2003 and I first started kind of for two reasons. The first reason was um, I broke up with this girl and I guess I just needed something to take my mind off of the breakup. So I was like, you know, I'll get into, I'll open garage band. It's free on them. You know, I kind of always wanted to make music. I just didn't really know how to, what to do so i thought let's you know let's just do some let's just figure this out let's try to make something so yeah and i was trying to get my mind off of this uh breakup i had so that was the first reason the second reason the second reason is i um you know i just moved to tokyo and i was meeting all these new people i had just left home i graduated school um i kind of was just trying to figure myself out and I was in this new town and meeting all these funny, cool people. And I kind of wanted to make something. It was kind of for me and also for them. I was trying to make music that they would like. I knew a lot of musicians in Tokyo. My roommate was a musician at the time, uh, this guitarist. And he was always making music. And I thought, yeah, how hard can it be? Let's get a MIDI keyboard. Let's plug it into the computer and let's uh, make some beats and see what happens. So that's kind of how it started. I've seen interviews with different musicians ranging from john lennon to gene simmons saying there's only one reason you get into music and that's that's to meet girls to get girls right right i, I did mean, you feel that way did you think oh if i make some cool music i'm gonna yeah yeah there was yeah there was definitely an element of that i think because i was getting over this breakup i thought what better way to meet a new girl than to be a musician perfect so, especially playing the new girl songs about the old girl you know <laughs> right exactly yeah showing yeah. how sensitive and how sensitive and tender i am yeah yes, right. exactly. but also how desirable you know exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right. i'm that's why i still do things and and i don't know yeah. about you. <laughs> exactly no it's no, it's never for me it's just to impress other people 100 yeah. yeah all right you know, I was 23, I was single, and, um, you know, I was teaching at a at an English school. It was a pretty easy job. I had a lot of free time, and I mm -hmm. knew musicians. Let's, and it's, yeah, it was a good way to meet girls and good, and people, too. 
Mm. So, yeah. And then after that, you got into your, was the Simones the first band you were ever in, ever? That was the first, yeah, that was the first and only band I've been in. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I did, made deep stuff solo for, I guess, about five years. And then kind of went, no, this isn't really going anywhere. Kind of gave it a break. And then was singing karaoke with some friends and another musician friend, this brilliant um, keyboard player named Bradley, who's back in the States now, but he was living in Tokyo too. And he heard me sing and he goes, you know, I've, I've been thinking about forming a band. I play keyboard. I know a guy who plays the drums. Let's, let's do it. And you can sing you, your voice is perfect. It's fine. Right. Like you don't need to. And I'm like, I'm, I can't sing at all. And he goes, yeah, you can sing. It's just going to be a goofy rock band. Let's do it. And so, and we got a bassist and we made the Simones and yeah, that was a lot of fun. That actually not took off, but it, you know, I was serious about it for three years, four years. So that was really fun. Yeah. Well, how did you think that the Simones thing, the Simones gig was going to go and then how did it actually go it started out as just an excuse to get i think this is how all you know you why do you form a band so you can meet up with your friends and drink beer and just listen to music and talk about music and make music but mainly just to talk and drink right that was mm. it so i kind of thought that's what it would just be it's just us we would all get into my tiny tokyo apartment plug everything into my computer as best we can and then just play um, and record stuff. And we didn't, we didn't want to be a cover band. We knew we didn't want to do that. So it was fun to like write songs and Bradley, the keyboardist, he actually had some songs and he, he'd write and how we would write songs is we would just think of a, a title and then we would write the song from there. We wouldn't actually write the song and think the think of the title. So the first song we ever wrote was called uh, Bob Marley in my fridge. Um <laughs> Because we were sitting around drunk and Bradley just goes, uh, get me a beer. And I got him one and he goes, wouldn't it be great if Bob Marley was in your fridge? And I went, I, I guess. And he goes, we should write that song. And I said, okay, let's do it. And we wrote it. And it was this reggae song about a tiny Bob Marley living in your fridge. <laughs> so, yeah. And we, you know, that was just a, it was just a, they were just jokey songs that we did, but it was kind of, it was kind of groovy. And then, uh, and relaxed, then from there we, right? And relaxed, and yeah, mm. and just yeah, fun. I got to write lyrics for the first time, like actual, you know, actual lyrics, and yeah, it was really great. So um, yeah, and then when we played live, we kind of discovered that actually, you know, um, we're not a bad live band. Like people actually kind of dig us, and mm. you know, um, more and more people are coming to our shows that we don't know, kind of word of mouth. It was never crazy, but we, we got better. So, yeah, it was all right. Were you working on solo DJ Max material throughout the I Simone's wasn't. years? No, I wasn't. I was uh, only doing Simone stuff. I put the the DJ Max stuff on pause, although we did convert quite a few DJ Max songs into Simone songs. So I I came to the table with... Hey guys, I'm a songwriter too. I, I got some songs. You guys want to hear this song? It's called uh, I Want to Meet Kodakumi. Right. Uh, I also got a song called I Live in Songinjaya, bitch. You know, do you, you want to try that? And yeah, a couple of them we made into Simone songs. And yeah, they were pretty good actually. So, isn't I Want to Meet Kodakumi? Is that 
what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that like doesn't it have a million views or something on there's a, YouTube? There's a version of it. There's a lot of versions of us playing it live, and there's one version of it of us. I think it's the first one we put up. And this is at the height of her popularity. So this is Kodokumi, if you listeners don't know, is a she was, I guess she still is, a Japanese pop star. She's probably about she's about my age now. She's in her 40s. So she um but yeah, in 2005, 2006, she was like the top J-pop star in Japan. And I just wrote this joke song about how I want to meet her, kind of half half rap, half rock, just jokey song. And um, yeah, we converted it into a, a Simone's live song. We filmed ourselves in the studio playing it, put it online. And I think just because it had Kodakumi, it was tagged Kodakumi. Right. Yeah, it's got like, 50,000, 100,000 views or something of just us <laughs> fucking around in the studio. Um, it, Yeah, and these comments are great. It's like half Japanese, half English. I want to meet her too. <laughs> you know, all this stuff. It's so funny. And I'm like, wow, this is okay. Yeah, people dig it. All right. Was that your first brush with that kind of fame? Must have been, yeah. Like, that was the first time. That was the first time. Yeah, that and playing um, the boat show. We played this show on a boat in Yokohama Bay to, I don't know, to 200 people maybe, 100, uh -huh. 150 people were all on this boat. And it was great. Yeah, we, uh, we thought it was going to be a disaster. We rented this boat out and we needed to get at least 100 people or we would we'd lose money. But yeah, we got 150 people, I think, at least. And yeah, that was cool. There, you know, at that show, there were like there was a girl on a guy's on her boyfriend's shoulders to see over the crowd. You know, that was that. There, when I look at old video of myself playing that show, and I see that girl, I'm like, I, I made it. That that weird <laughs> shot of that girl on his shoulders means so much more to me than mm. anything else. I don't know. It's such a classic, like rock move, right? You're like, oh, sure. Wow, I was I was actually. This is actually a show that people want to see me, right? They're not yeah. just in the background drinking like, oh, could they just turn it down? Yeah, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. It's just so much fun, right? And it's this weird mix of, I used to get so nervous before shows, but not nervous in a way, like if I have to give a speech to, you know, at a wedding or, you know, something where it's a drag and you're, it, you're nervous. This mm -hmm. is, you, you want to do it so badly and you want to do a good job and you, 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 no, it's there's the possibility it could be a disaster, but it's probably not going to be, especially after a certain point. And it's just it's once you actually do it and you get up there, it's so much fun. And the more you do it, the more fun it is too. It never yes. got boring, right? That's I true. Loved yeah, it more yeah, and more yeah. every time. I would play the same. I mean, part of me is like, man, you know, Ben, like you too, is playing the same. So, where the streets have no name, they played that song at every show almost set since 1987. Right. It's got to be, I mean, I don't know how many times, over a thousand times, maybe you get sick of it, but it's still got to be a thrill to play to that many people, right? I mean, I was playing the same song to 50 people every day, <laughs> and it was still great. I loved it. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that energy, yeah. if you get any, like, I love that story of the girl on you know her boyfriend's right. shoulders right but i want to yeah. see this moans yeah did you not feel like i need more next time we do it i need 300 people i need 500 people i, I need tokyo dome I, next time right. hey hey simone's guys 
background players next right, time. Right. Did you not feel that? Yeah, no, I did. I think, well, I think the boat show was a response to that. We were playing these little clubs and I thought, let's, let's go, let's bring it up a notch. Let's put our name in the what, in Metropolis, which is kind of the local Tokyo local like mm. gig newspaper. Right. And we were in it, you know, it's like, um, you know, red hot chili peppers at super, uh, supersonic uh, music festival on, on May 21st, May 22nd, the Simones on a boat you know, or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. I'm in the, I'm in the group. Yeah. I'm in this, I'm, I'm there with all the other bands. So that, that felt really real too. Mm. And I think if we would have, we kind of, we broke up, I think not too long after that boat show, I guess. Um, so I think we would have probably tried to bring it up a notch and keep going and keep going if we could have. But that's one thing about, you know, being in a band overseas is that, the likelihood of somebody just being like, I got, I got to go back home is always really high. Right. So yeah. I just broke up. Right. So, yeah. When I was in the kiss band, I was nervous before every show and depressed after every show. Me too. Yeah. I just would sit backstage going, Oh, we fucked it up. It was, we at the dress rehearsal last night, it was great. It was yeah. perfect. And then we get out here and we fucked it up and it sounds yeah. like crap. Right. And right. with the, with the video that I'm going to make about it, I can edit around how badly we fucked up, but right. we fucked up. I felt that every time. Did you too? Yeah. I felt, I got depressed. Yeah, I did. I, and I think everybody in the band kind of started to blame the others for fuck ups. Right. You kind of start pointing fingers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's when it's kind of switched from, oh, we're just, we're just messing around, goofing off on stage to, no, we we're trying to take this seriously and you fucked up. So mm. sort it out next time. Right. And then, yeah. And then it wasn't, well, it was still fun, but I, yeah, the immediate, you know, after the show feeling was always a bit depressing. And also I would just, I remember, I would sing the song I'd sing and then get off stage and sit down at the bar with everyone else. And I was just a normal dude again. I was mm. just drinking beer with everybody else. I wasn't, people would come up and go, great show. Wow. I really liked that second song. And that was it. Nobody did anything else. Right. I'd still go home to the same apartment. I still woke <laughs> up and went to my job. Right. Nothing <laughs> really changed. So that was a bit of a bummer, I guess. Yeah. But then right. you just go out and do it again. Yeah. All okay. right. What do you got for me, man? So I'm going to read uh, some lyrics from a couple early DJ Max songs. Um, let's see. I There's so much to choose from. There's so much shit. It's the, the, the thing, going back and looking at all these songs, I realized I, um, I didn't know what kind of musician or writer I wanted to be. I couldn't tell. All these songs are so confused between it's just a joke. These are just jokey songs for my friends and I'm just trying to make everyone laugh, but they're also really, it's actually me trying to be serious. And I, the, the balance is terrible in it. And between lines, it'll just go from, Oh, this song's bullshit. You know that. Ha 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 ha. Actually, she broke my heart and I don't know what right. to do about it. You know, just the, the tone of every one of these is not, it's, it's so unbalanced and, that was definitely just me trying to 
well, one, I just, I couldn't write. I didn't know how to write anything. And two, I just didn't really know what to do. And it was also, I realized it was kind of a self-preservation thing. Like if I make fun of it, then if somebody goes that shit, then I'll be like, oh yeah, well, you didn't get the joke. It's just a joke, right? My roommate would go, well, that song sucks, man. And I go, it's, it's clearly a joke. Oh my God. <laughs> but if somebody, if somebody said, I really like that track too, I, I would go, yeah, man, thanks. I, I worked really hard on it. Like, um, first one is, is pure. It's just a joke song. It's called, uh, it's called Natto, which is a, a fermented food in Japan. Kind of popular. <laughs> People either love it or hate it. You and, love uh, it, don't you? I, I do love Natto, yeah. So anyway, the this is the first song I ever wrote, basically. For this as is the DJ. first one? Okay. First one as DJ Max. The first one I ever wrote. I I remember I made a beat, and I thought, that beat sounds pretty cool. Um, but uh, let's put some lyrics over it. I don't have it, but I want it. I don't have any lyrics at hand, and I just want to, but I want to get something out. Ah, let's just freestyle. I just freestyled, and I just hit record and said whatever I thought, right? <laughs> really? So this is it. All right. Yeah. Uh, here we go. It's called Natto. I eat Natto. I eat that shit every day. Every time I eat Natto, it makes me feel like I go away to that other world, the Natto world, that land of Natto where girls are girls. And boys have penises. Yes, they do. What? But the penises are made of goo. Natto, Natto, come on, Natto, Natto, yeah. So that was it. Now, that's not, those aren't real lyrics. That's nothing. But I was so proud of that. I actually put it on my first CD and gave it to friends. I have that CD. Yeah, it's it's pure shit. I mean. No, it's not pure shit. It's pure. <laughs> it's. Uh, it's hilarious yeah so i that was me wanting to hear it's basically i want to hear what my voice sounds like uh, over this beat let's just hit record i'll just say some words i hope they rhyme right uh and then stop and i i'm kind of glad i didn't delete it you know i'm kind of glad i still have this first thing i ever said i probably had just eaten natto and i was like i eat natto yeah natto yeah i eat that shit every day oh yeah every time I, then i just you know okay yeah the beat comes first that's interesting right you sit down and you yeah make, you make something and then you go what am i going to do over this yeah oh, because I, writing writing lyrics is a lot harder than writing music i i find right okay. like, and i and i also kind of i think if if i write a beat I, it's easier for me to put lyrics over a beat than it is for, for me to put a beat over lyrics, right? I don't really know the pacing. I don't kind of, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't really know the flow. So mm -hmm. I think if I have the beat down, then I can go, okay, so this is like a mid-tempo, you know, 90 beats per minute thing. Okay, so now, and I'll, you know, it's going to be about two and a half minutes long. I'll need about this many lyrics, sing the chorus twice, done. I can do that. Whereas if I sat down and write the lyrics, yeah, it's it's a lot ah, harder for me. No, that's to do. that's really interesting. I mean, in some ways, having the music there to to kind of limit yourself makes it easier. 
I find I I do a lot better with music and lyrics if I'm limited, right? If somebody goes, you can only make music using your laptop and your MIDI keyboard, you know, and that's it. You can't you can't download any more samples or anything that you can't bring in a basis. You mm. can't do anything else. Just these two things. I, it's easier for me to get something out. I'm not necessarily something great, but you know, if it's, if the whole goal is to make music or produce, then that's easier for me to do. And it's the same with lyrics. I think if, if I have this two and a half minute beat and I kind of know I have to fit these lyrics in this little, you know, box, I think it's easier for me to write something um, clearly because not though, just pour it out of me. <laughs> no problem. So, but you seem to have moved from comedy songs to instrumental yeah stuff. i don't i don't um sing or write lyrics anymore part of that is yeah i just felt like i was never that good at it and also i just i'm not really interested in that kind of music anymore i've always liked electronic music and instrumental music i'm listening to a lot of jazz recently so i've just it's kind of just the music i'm into now so it's great it's this whole other world i'm getting into it's really cool yeah what you, so what What's the next piece you got? <laughs> uh, all right. This this next one is, um, it was kind of a, it was like my takedown track for all the all the haters who would shit mm. on my music. So, you know, that first <laughs> album that I gave you with yeah. Nocto, I got a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of negative feedback on it. Did and you? So I went, from who? Yeah, oh, from my roommate and and everyone I gave it to was just like, this is, you know, like actual huh. musicians. And I thought, well, fuck you. This I, is... didn't, I didn't give you any negative feedback. No, you didn't at all. And I got as much negative as positive. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, okay. this, this, is for, this is for certain a certain subset of my friends. All right. The, the indie rock crew that, um, that I used to hang out with a lot that, you know, they play, they were actual musicians. Anyway, they never, they never thought any of the stuff I made was any good and um so this was a this was just a big diss track big fucking okay. song for them yeah it's called you're dumb that's what it's called it's already <laughs> right. clever yeah yeah here you go now this song goes out to all you dumb motherfuckers you indie rock pricks and the hip-hop lovers you made it clear that you thought my last cd was shit the production value sucked and i sounded like a bitch well this time around, the stakes are a little bit higher. So I bought some new software to make my beat sound stronger. Mm. Yeah. You're really proving your point. That's, yeah. that's what I know. There you go. You, <laughs> you said to make the CD sound better than the first, but fuck you. I went and made it sound worse. Ah, there you go. So I, I'm turning it on him. See, it's another fuck you. Mm. Yeah. So fuck you. So if, again, if you if you hate my shit, well, fuck you. I'll just make it even worse than you could even possibly imagine. That's, <laughs> you know? Do you know that scene? That last scene in Eight Mile where Eminem is doing his rap battle. Uh, have you seen that movie? Eight I Mile? have. Yes. Okay. And remember, and he's thinking of you know some you know lyrics to say to this dude to take him down, and then he realizes the best way to do it is just to make fun of himself and say everything to about himself mm. that the guy was going to say so then the guy has no power and then he wins right so that was that was kind of the inspiration for this song okay here's the big chorus <laughs> i know my music sucks 
but I don't give a fuck. If you think that I make real songs, then you're dumb. <laughs> and then in parentheses, like a horse or a dog. And then in parentheses, again, <laughs> or something. <laughs> so the, yeah, which is a line from a Woody Allen movie. Yes, um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the chorus. Uh, you know, I'm sure. I like sure the preemptive strike, you know. Yeah, get, exactly. Get your revenge in first. It's right. always a good idea. Right. Fuck you. I don't care what you think. I think it was a way for me to process. If whatever emotion I was feeling, I would just write it down and I'd make it into songs, right? So if I was really angry at my roommate, I'd just write these songs. And I didn't I didn't have any real enemies. I'm still friends with him now. He's fine. But like, hmm. yeah, at the time, it's real, it was really... Um, yeah, it's painful, right? I, you work really hard on something. And then that was where the, I was afraid to actually go all out into it. I, I always, I always held back in my lyrics. I would never make something too angry or make something too serious. I always had to put a little joke or something in there just mm. to let everyone know that oh, don't worry. If you think it's stupid, it's just a joke, right? I always needed like a little backdoor. I never really realized that till I went back and looked at all these songs but every song is like that almost um has like a, a bit little, of both it has like an escape escape route right. for any kind of criticism right <laughs> so mm. that's interesting uh, yeah okay yeah it is interesting yeah so that's it for your dumb i mean it okay. goes on for a while but uh i'll, I'll move on to the next one the right. next one the next one i found on my phone um and I have no, I didn't, I never made this into a song. So these are just lyrics that I wrote down. And then obviously when these are too crap, I don't even know what to, what to do with them. So this is, this Perfect. is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when I wrote this. I don't even have any music for it. Nothing. So this is just, I have no idea when this happened. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. It's called, uh, ain't got no time. Mm. All right, here we go. Now I ain't got no time to be waiting in line. I got to see about a man who can help me unwind. Obvious. I think it's drug reference. I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I got to see about a man who can help me unwind. I need to get some calories adjacent to my salary. Now I was reading that and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I need to get some calories adjacent to my salary. Mm. Adjacent. <laughs> adjacent to my salary so i gotta see about a man who can help me unwind i need to get some calories adjacent to my salary does it does it mean i want to eat a lot of food because i'm making a lot of money now i have no idea equivalent um, to how much you're making though equivalent so if i'm making a million dollars do i yeah, need a, a million, a million dollars worth of <laughs> <laughs> not sure I don't know. Serious. Yeah. I don't remember even writing this down. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this could be the first song I ever wrote for, for all I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, then what? Uh, then, it, then, I, uh, then I go, it's too nice a day to be wasting away with the tourists and the fake shoes and all the fucking track suits. Okay. Jimmy Choo, Adidas, Jimmy Choo, Adidas. Everywhere you look, it's just Jimmy Choo Adidas. Okay. Uh, hey, how's it going? How are you today? Thank you very much. I guess I'll be on my way. 
And then it ends because I think at that point I was like, I have, I don't know what's going on with this. So I think of, you know, just getting, <laughs> just getting stuff out. I have no idea what that song's about. That, that song didn't go anywhere. <laughs> right. That, that was yeah. just, that was, book. that just sat there on my phone and I was, I just, I searched through all my old notes, you know, that I've had since iPhone three or whatever. And, uh, that popped up. So is that how you jot down your ideas now? Yeah, I write, I just, so with lyrics, I'll just be on the train. And if I have a little couplet or something, I'll just write it down on my phone. I'll just write it down. And sometimes I'll just take a piece from one note and stick it on with another note. Go, oh, yeah, mm. that fits here or whatever. But I find the best songs I write don't happen that way. It's more, I sit down, I have an idea and I sit down and I just work on it for like a burst of two hours or something. And I get it right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's better. That's better for me. Yeah. This kind of like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll write it down and come back to it. It never goes anywhere. Hmm. I don't know. How do you, is that, how do you write when you, do you actually, you have an idea and you kind of mull over it for a while and then sit down and it all comes out or do you? Yeah. It it depends. I've gotten, gotten better at writing every day, which just means, right. I sit down for 10 minutes at a time. Yeah and then start and just write and see what comes out. And very often, nothing, right? Yeah, nothing at yeah. all. But sometimes you get a line or something, or you get into, oh, maybe I want to think about that for a little while. It's a good way to just sort of keep writing, keep your hand moving without the editor telling you what to do. Yeah. And again, most of the time, nothing comes out of it, but sometimes, you know, but I find that for stuff that I really want to work on, that it, it's, it's an idea that bugs me and follows me around for a day or two. And like, okay, all right. And you get something, but it's not much, right? So I, I will just right. jot that down and then walk around for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes for, for months, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, now I sort of know what I want to say about that. Yeah. I when when I was in film school, I that was my major in university, and I had to I took a script writing class. And um we had the the end project was just writing a full-length 120-page screenplay. And I used to do that too. I'd have, you know, I had this idea, but I didn't obviously have the whole every week we had to submit 10 pages, right? So mm. I don't know how other people work, but I would at the beginning, I had the initial kind of 40 pages that kind of came easily. And then I was like, well, now what do I do? So I would just go for long walks and think and think and think, listen to tons of music. And then the night before it would just kind of come out yeah. a lot, a lot before I even sat down and wrote anything. I just thought and thought and thought. Yeah. And then it would just come out pretty, pretty easily, actually. I mean, yeah, I think that's actually a great, system that you think about it and you worry about it and you sort of and then you go for a long walk or you do something mindless you wash the dishes or you you, you know you hit the heavy bag or whatever it is you let the idea go for a little while and trust your undermind to take care of it right because it often does yeah then you go oh mind clear bang the idea is there you go what where, where the fuck did that come from well Having deadlines too really helps for me, at least, mm, right? Having me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
When you write, do you like to, even now, do you put on music in the background? Yeah, I do. Always. I've always done that. No, usually no lyrics. Um, just kind of electronic music. Yeah, now I'll probably put on jazz or something. But yeah, usually just something in the background. I can kind of, and I remember when I wrote that screenplay, I used to put the same album on. It was uh, it was Groove Armada can't remember but it was a Groove Armada album and I just it was kind of like the soundtrack to the movie in my head right and I'd be like oh yeah let's put on this track this track will be good for it. and I'd even put just the same on loop over and over and over again as I'm writing scenes because it really helped just put set the tone for it it was mm. really you know I could visualize it a lot easier if I if I was actually listening to music that would be in this you know hypothetical movie I was writing it was it worked so like the new house he said yeah so much space for a session i had to fight <laughs> <laughs> nice we have our own fighting wing of the house go ahead yeah. yeah all right cool so the, uh, the last one i'll do for you is is called thermal detonator and this is actually an early simone song i don't think we actually played this live but i remember i have a recording of it the music's pretty cool actually but here are the lyrics <laughs> Um, we I just watched Star Wars uh, to put it in context. So, Thermal Detonator, better than Darth Vader. See you later, alligator. Come on, come on, come on, come on, bomb. Got my Thermal Detonator. An Oppenheimer Slayer. <laughs> Futuristic Gladiator. Come on, come on, come on, come on, bomb. Now, when everyone you know dies... I don't want to hear you cry. We'll sing a little song about a nuclear bomb and blow up the world. And with the planet destroyed, we can fall into the void. We can live like that forever. Lying side by side, baby, you and I, thermal detonator. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, wow, this is, it's its about Star Wars, but it gets kind of tender at the end and, and yes. sweet. It's about dying. It's, it's heavy. It's like heavy duty, man. This is like a good band song for a good band. Yeah. And you, <laughs> and you brought it to the band and they said, yeah. And they know. said, yeah. And then they said, okay, yeah, we could work with this. And we came up with some, and I remember there was a, <laughs> the, the bridge in the song was just a Imperial March breakdown. It just went dun, 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 dun. The bassist just played the mm. Imperial March. And then we kicked back into the song and, just repeated the lyrics. Yeah. I wrote very rough sketches on, on the keyboard or something would give it to the actual musicians in the band and go, what do you think? And they would go, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they'd either turn it into an actual song or, you know, it would just sit there and that was fine. But then they would bring me the music and I would have to come up with lyrics. And a lot of times we would just, we just needed to fill up the set list. So thermal detonator, why not? <laughs> right. And whatever you and know, kodakumi yeah right but how did you write lyrics did you sit at the desk or did you go for a walk listening to the music or or i would listen yeah so they would give me the music and i'd listen to it over and over again yeah walking to the train station after work you know walking around um and then i would usually just write at home on the computer 
Mm. And then, and then, or on my phone. And then I would come in with my phone and just read in the studio and we'd kind of work out from there. They, the band didn't care what I sang about actually. Right. (laughs) No one, no one cared. So like the problem, thermal detonator didn't, it didn't make the cut, not because of my lyrics. <laughs> they didn't care. It was just not not that great of a song in general. So Yeah, because I meant to yeah. ask you, did anybody ever say, hey, DJ Maxi in Tokyo, <laughs> yeah. that that one line, should that it line should shouldn't it be yeah. Yeah. That, that line where you say, say uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't it be yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And once you stretch out the last, oh yeah, and kind of yeah, just yeah. and and that'll lead it. Yeah, they never did that. No, they didn't care. As long as it as long <laughs> as it fit, and long as they could I didn't tell them how to play and they didn't tell me how to write. And as long as it we all felt like, yeah, this is working, then then we'll do it. And um yeah, <laughs> Did you I ever... think out of twenty songs, there was probably five that I think were are good that I would still listen to and go, "That's pretty good. That's a good song." Yeah. Did you want them to say that line is not good enough? Fix that. Like, were you looking for? I don't know. I don't know what I would have thought if I think I would have taken it pretty personally if they did that. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I think if they said, "Hey." That's pretty corny, man. Or that's not like that funny part. enough. Can you make that's that part not, funnier? Yeah, right? Like, that part's not great. I, You know, I think they did occasionally. Like, hey, why don't... Or they would just chime in like, hey, actually, we could say this. That'll be really funny. Or if you say that, when you say baby, I'll chime in with ba- with harmonies. Baby, baby, at the end. Yeah, mm. fine. No, no, I don't care. I would never say, like, don't touch... Don't touch this lyrics. That this this part's mine. Yeah, we were we were pretty cool that way. Max, thanks for coming on. What do you what do you have to plug? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, um, if you're interested in the music on this show, I I make the music for this podcast. So, if any mm. of you listeners out there um, think you want to take a listen, then go ahead and check out my SoundCloud page, uh, DJ Max in Tokyo. You can also find me, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have a YouTube uh, channel up. You can check me out, DJ Max in Tokyo. And I'm also doing another um, channel, kind of a side project with my brother who lives in America called the Beats and Beats Project. Um, You can check out, it's uh, B-E-A-T-S and B-E-E-T-S, like the music and the vegetable. Check that out. That's, um, it's my brother gardening and doing gym moves while I provide music and kicks. So yeah, check it out. It's kind of weird, but pretty chill. It's kind of weird, but it is weirdly impressive too. My my brother, he's convinced that there's a crossover between gymnastics, gardening, and lo-fi hip hop. So um we'll see if we'll see if that happens okay you gotta go shopping i gotta gotta, go man but yeah thank you hey thank you thanks for Uh, coming on man it's my pleasure it was so much fun thanks a lot and good luck with the show like to thank dj max in tokyo not only for coming on but for providing all of the music for this podcast i'm all parts gratitude cheers man i'd also like to thank wayne md for the artwork and my son joe for helping out with the intro Uh, please like and subscribe and all that stuff 
And uh, if you're interested, please visit the Facebook page, which is Writers Read Their Early Crap. Love to hear from you. Be back soon with another special guest. Thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>